So, uh, yeah, we're starting a new series um, today, which I'm like a change person. Who loves change? Anyone love change? Yeah, so some people hate change, right? I just love change. So starting a new series to me, I'm just like, woohoo, I'm super excited. Um, I'm going to crash into these lecterns, but that's all good. No, that's okay. I'll just like stand right here. If I fall off, it's Shelley's fault. Worship people, eh? Worship people always take over the stage. It's just like, what the heck, man? Hey, so anyway, we're starting a new series, right? And so we just did that series, as you know, um, that was more about the why. Why are we wanting to have that focus this year on kind of reaching out, sharing our faith and all that? So we talked a lot about that. And now I'm moving into more of a how. Um, so you can see that up there, how to not be awkward. And today, when sharing your faith about Jesus, how cool is the font? Are you loving the font? So Sarah, who does our um, slides and stuff, deliberately chose an awkward-feeling font. Does that make sense? And I was like, ooh, that's really cool. Because it is weird. When you see some of the other slides, you're like, that is such an awkward font, because it just looks real weird. So shot Sarah. So talking about how not to be, um, not to be awkward when we're sharing our faith. So we're in a, starting a six-week series that's just like super practical, right? And it felt weird writing the sermon, because it's kind of like lists rather than normal preaching. So... Yeah, feel free to judge me as I'm preaching, but hopefully not too much. That was a joke. My gosh, I don't want you to judge me, you bunch of... Hey, so, oh, and kia ora, podcast people. How you doing? Good to see you, Buenos Dias, podcast people. Hey, so let me start with a story about um, sharing about Jesus. I've got heaps of stories this morning because this felt like such a weird sermon. Um, so as you know, Jason and I lived in the States for a bunch of years, and we did our undergrad study in Chicago at a big university over there. And one of the classes we took was how to share your faith right, and, and all that, and it was a real cool class, the lecturer was awesome, terrifying, but really awesome, and one of the assignments you had to do in this class was to write out your story, right, so Christians call it their testimony, yeah, but it just means your story of how you became a Christian and maybe the changes and stuff, so that's kind of what I'm talking about today, about how do we, how do we actually write our little story, right, how do we do that real practically, and so Jason and I um, had to do this assignment, which we thought was kind of weird, because how do you grade someone's story, right, it's like, well, your story's great, yours is rubbish, get out, you know. And that's what it kind of felt like. So when we did it, um, we wrote out our thing, and I think it was, I don't know, three or four pages, right, so I handed in. And when mine came back, an A. Thank you for celebrating with me. Um, which was very exciting for me, because Joyce is real smart, and she was a straight-A student. So for me to get an A, I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. And then Joyce got hers back, and she got a C which made me very excited, but her, not very excited. Um, but the crazy thing is when we read the, the lecturer comments, it was literally, there just wasn't enough drama in her story. And it was like, your story is not enough drama. And it's that thing they talked about is like, you know in movies how a good movie, a good movie in quotes, has a good you? Are you with me? Starts off character, like who are the characters? We're getting to know them. And then everything turns to custard and whatever's happening and it's horrible. And then it finishes wonderful. Are you with me, eh? Okay. So sometimes a movie is a W. Oh, and then it's great. And then you're like, no, another you, right? And he said, oh, Joseph's story just didn't have enough drama, not enough, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then the Lord saved me, and I got out of prison, you know, this kind of thing. And we were just like, how do you grade someone's story? That just seems, shouldn't everyone just get an A because it's their story, right? Um, so one of the things I want to say this morning, and I'm going to say this a bunch of times, is this is your story, right? <laughs> this is your little talk about you and Jesus. So there's no bad stories. There's no C's, right? You may have come from a terrible background, right? Um, and be able to say the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and the Lord saved me, and now look at me, you know, and that's awesome. But you almost also might say, man, I just grew up in a Christian home, and it was super awesome, and went to a great school and had cool friends, and became a... And no one's going to go... 
Well, that was pretty... They don't, because it's your story. Are you with me, eh? Okay, shot team. All right. Hey, so I got, got a few points um, this morning, as you do in your sermon. Um, here's the first one. Whoa, this thing is not on. Tricks. Um, it's a, how cool is the font, right? It's a story of you and Jesus, right? It's a story of you and Jesus. And that's the biggest thing I want to keep saying, right? It's, it's your story. So when you're writing it, and I'm going to give you some little tips on how to write it. When you're writing it, you don't have to be like, oh, this is really lame. Because it's not lame, right? It's you and Jesus. I love this little quote. So um, I stole some ideas from Campus Crusade, which do a lot of ministry on universities around the world. And this little quote um, that they had, I love this. Your story, regardless of how spectacular or ordinary, that's what I love. You think it is as a story about God's character. It is your eyewitness account of how God rescued you from sin and death through Christ and changed your life as a result. Man, I just... I just love that, eh? It's, it's not just your story about your life. It's your story about how the creator of the universe reached into your soul and has rescued you, right? So no matter what you think, if you're like, mine's kind of lame, it's like, are you mental? <laughs> it's not lame. It is awesome. It's a story of salvation and darkness and light and heaven and hell and like, oh, my gosh. So awesome, awesome. Hey, let's, um, I, I want to read uh, one of the verses that Sarah read. Um, before, because to me, this is kind of the core of what I, I want to talk about, right? So Sarah read this, so you got a bit of context, right? Um, Peter and these apostles in, in front of the Jewish leaders, and right at the end of what Sarah read, you have this um, sentence here. Uh, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, and they also recognized them as men who'd been with Jesus. So two things I love about this, right? One is they're just ordinary, regular yeah, g'day, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, get on you, mate. Kind of people, right? That's my, like, builder kind of voice. Did that work? I don't know. You know how builders are always like, oh, yeah, g'day, mate. Simon, you don't, that's how you guys talk. Okay. Sh- <laughs> that wasn't Australian, was it? Oh, man. It's that crazy placemakers ad with the kids in that playground. It's like, infected me. Australians. I don't know. You know what I mean. Anyway, point one. They're just regular guys. That's what they're saying, right? But their story impacts them. Their story really challenges them. And the second thing you see, um, the last sentence, they recognize them as, as men, or we're going to say as people who are with Jesus. That's the power of your story, right? The power of your story is not literally your life story. It's that you are with Jesus. It's you talking about your relationship and your connection with Jesus. So again, if you're thinking, oh, bro, but my story is lame. It's like, What? It's not lame, it's awesome because it's you and the creator of the universe. It's you and Jesus. It's like, oh my gosh, story. Are you with me, eh? Shot team. All right. Hey, so a couple of initial points before I get into my little points on how to actually write your story. And I I thought these were super important, so I wanted to kind of put them um, a little bit on the side. So a couple of kind of keys, prayer and time. So I'm going to literally now just talk through how to write your like little story to, to share with someone when you get a, an opportunity. Uh, but I want to encourage you to spend some time praying before you do it, right? So I'd encourage you to do it this afternoon or this week or something like that. Um, and I'm going to put some little points and I'm going to flick them to Sarah and we'll chuck them in the newsletter, chuck them on social media just so you can see the little points to kind of guide you a bit. Um, but one of the things I want to encourage you is pray. It's not rocket science, right? So don't think, yeah, I'm just going to write my story and sit down and just start cranking away on the computer or if you're like 97 and you're using a pen and paper, what's up with that? Um, doing that, that was meant to be kind of funny. This is feeling really hard this morning. Oh, sorry, Janice. How old are you, 96? No, I'm joking. Oh, shot, Steve. Okay, I'm moving on. That's, I'm going to get in trouble. Kind of a little bit afraid. 
afraid of Janice, you know, hide behind my laptop. But nah. um, so don't just sit down and write it, right? Um, you want to spend some time praying and ask God to guide you. You know, remind me some things that would be good to share, God, and help me kind of, kind of think. So you want to spend some time praying. And then the second thing, I'm going to say this a few times, is time. You want to think about the time. So the, the idea is you're, you're trying to share a bit of your story in like three to five minutes, like five minutes max. So you guys know what it's like when you're talking to someone and they're sharing something cool and then they move into a monologue, you just turn off. You, no matter how interesting it is, you're just like, because we want to respond, right? We want to ask a question or agree or something and they just keep going and you're like, oh my gosh. So we want to keep it short because the danger is it's your story. So you can just get caught up in the excitement or the telling your story and meanwhile the person was with you and now they're kind of lost. So one, we want to pray before we start writing this. Two, we just want to keep it in our head. That kind of three to five minutes kind of thing. Okay. okay so here's some little points about um, how do you actually write this uh, story, right? Um, so here's the first one. Pray and be excited um, when you get the opportunity to, to share this, right? Um, pray and be excited. So what I'm meaning by this is I think we can default to fear and, and clammy hands and dry mouth and all that craziness and we get a chance to share our story and we, we go to freak out, Right? And so one of the things I do deliberately is when I get a chance to share my story, which I do all the time because I'm a pastor, so we cheat. Because people go, what do you do for a job? And you're like, ha, let me tell you about Jesus, right? So we cheat, whereas you guys, it's like, Joel, what do you do for a job? It's not really an opening to share about Jesus so much, but you never know. So I get to share it all the time, and you can default to that, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. So I literally pray in my head, not out loud, because that could freak the person out. And I literally, this is what I say all the time. I say this during the day all the time too. Help me, Jesus, give me wisdom. How much Jesus give me wisdom as I now share my little story with this person, right? So a little prayer. And then I literally tell myself, be excited. Oh my gosh, I'm literally about to have a chance to share the greatest story in the history of the universe that this person who is heading for hell, I'm going to share a little story. And this might be the, the, the catalyst that God uses to change their entire destiny. And I'm just like, so I'm trying to remind myself, not fear and clammy hands and dry mouth. It's like, oh my gosh, pray. And then, oh Jesus, here we go. Woo! Does it make sense? So be excited, right? So I think that, right? I think that. Um, okay, so here's the, the practical kind of bit. So number two, um, share your life before Jesus, right? So share your life before Jesus. So there's kind of three core little bits of this. Share your life before Jesus. Make sure you explain exactly how do you become a Christian, which I'll explain. And then the last one, what's the change? What's the change that's happened since you became a Christian? So here's the first one. So you're going to take some time this afternoon or sometime this week to just write out your story. Um, so one of the things you're going to do is think, man, when I do get that chance, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be really excited in the moment. But when I'm writing my story, I want to share my life before Jesus. So what was I like before I became a Christian, right? Before God changed me. And this is different for all of us, right? So some of us literally came from a background of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And so we're like, well, other people, no, I just grew up, normal, nice person. There's no weirdness back there. One of the things you can think about is, was there something I was always focusing on? Was I someone who was always about relationships or identity or something? There's usually something we were trying to fill our lives with to take the place of God. Does that make sense? So we're, we're created to be in a relationship with God, right? We're created to be in that relationship with God. So before we have that relationship with God, there's normally something that we were thinking about or focusing on, money or education or identity, something, you know? So again, pray before you do this, because often you think, i got nothing. But then you pray, and you start writing this, and God will guide you into something. So you just wanted to share a little bit about your life before 
you became a Christian, right? Because you're wanting to, in the end, tell them the difference, what's different now, right? So just a side note. So I've got to be real careful when I do this, right? So I've told you before I was abused horribly growing up. Lots of physical abuse, heaps of sexual abuse, pretty horrible stuff. So I have to be real careful because one of the things you don't want to do if you've come from a horrible background is to almost glorify it. Does it make sense? Like sometimes you'll hear some. Hear, hear someone share their story and it almost feels like they're kind of quite proud of how messed up they were and it's like no that's not meant to be the point um so i just wanted to say this in case some of you have had horrible backgrounds too one of the things we have to be careful about is not sharing too much of the past because we have no idea where that person is at in regards to those areas does it make sense so for example i've shared my testimony at youth camps and stuff that i've spoken at around the country i'm always real careful to keep that past stuff real light real small because again and again, I'll have someone come up to me after the, the talk and stuff and say, hey, I've never told anyone about this, but I was sexually abused as a kid. Can we have a chat? Now, I don't want to, in my talk, start talking about sexual abuse stuff. That could totally mess them up because they haven't dealt with it and worked through it. Does it make sense? So when we're talking about our past, we, we don't want to go into gory details and crazy stuff, unless you know the person you're sharing with super well. So I'll be careful. We just want to talk about what was my life like? What was the whole what was the hollowness? What was I seeking? What was the lostness? That's what we're trying to say. And again, you're trying to... Oh, man, excuse me. You're trying to do this in like three or four minutes, so you don't have a lot of time. So you're looking at like a minute and a half of this thing. Mm. Cool. Well, that makes sense, right? So share your life before Jesus. Just a little bit about that. Um, and then the next bit's kind of obvious, right? So how did you come to know Jesus? How did you come to know Jesus? So over the next couple of weeks, Sarah, the amazing Sarah, and I are going to just really talk through this, right? How would you share what someone needs to do to become a Christian? And real succinctly, what's a simple way to do that? And so we're going to be talking real clearly over the next two weeks exactly how you would do this. So you want to make this real clear because you want the person to know at the end of your little sharing your story, what do they do? You don't want to tell them and then they're like in their head thinking, man, I would love to get that fulfillment and that joy and that shame and guilt gone that you've got, but I don't even know what I'm meant to do now. Do I have to go to church? Do I say a magic word? As well, you know. What? So you want to make that super, super clear, right? Um, and one of the things you've got to do, I think, is make it real clear because you also have no idea who's overhearing, right? Who else is just quietly listening in the background that you're not even aware of, right? So just a silly story. I was um, getting on a plane at Hamilton Airport um, a few years ago to go somewhere, I don't know, because I used to fly for my job all the time, right? And we're in the line, you know, going up the little ramp thing, and a lady behind me said, oh, those tattoos are real cool. What's, where'd you get these tattoos from? And I, I think I've told you this story before. I don't know. And I said, oh, they're from the Bible. And she was like, they're from the Bible? And I was like, yeah, literally, and Esther's back there, who I don't like, because she's actually seen it, which ticks me off. Um, so these are actually from the Book of Kells. So the Book of Kells is a an old manuscript written around the 800 ADs by Irish monks when they wrote out Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when they wrote it out, they decorated it all amazing as they did back then with Celtic drawings and stuff, which is why I got these ones, because they're kind of from the Bible. But the whole point is to be able to say they're from the Bible, which always makes the person go, they're from the Bible! <laughs> and then that leads into a discussion about the Bible and God and all this. So I'm chatting away with this lady about the Bible and how cool it is and it's changed my life and stuff. And then all of a sudden, two people in front of us and two people behind us go man, that's really interesting what you say about the Bible. And the five of us, as we're walking up the ramp, had this crazy conversation about God and the Bible and whatever. So I'm just saying, you never know who's listening, right? You never know who's listening. And again, it's not just your story. It's your story of connection with the creator of the universe. If he doesn't want to get excited about that and have other people listening, then I don't know what's happening, eh? It makes sense, eh? So, so 
first part, we're going to pray and be excited when we get the opportunity. But when we're writing this out, when we're thinking, we're going to tell a bit about our life before. But we want to make sure we, we explain really clearly, what does someone actually do to become a Christian? What do you actually do to be saved? And that's what we'll talk about over the next couple of weeks. Okay, number four. Um, this is kind of obvious, right? How are you different uh, now that you know Jesus? How are you different now that you know Jesus? What's changed in your life? Um, and and the, the, again, super different for all of us, right? Some of us, it's just darkness and light, man. Some of us had a real hard upbringing or a hard time before we became a Christian. But man, once you became a Christian, it's just like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about the change. You know, do you know what I mean? And other people, it's kind of harder, different. So you've got to figure out, kill it, bro. Coolest hair ever, that kid. Um, so crazy story. This is a bit of a weird story, and I debated telling this or not, but I'll tell you. And if you <laughs> angry, complain to Chris. Chris at I don't give a rip dot com. Nah. Um, so I was speaking at another youth camp uh, in uh, anyway somewhere, and uh, it was over Easter. And so I said to the youth, Hey, if anyone would like to share this little story about Jesus before or after one of the talks, why don't you come and see me, and we can chat about it. I'll help you kind of craft it a bit and. Then we get you to share it. And so heaps of youth were real keen. And so some of them told that, that cool story of just grew up in a Christian family. No sex, drugs, and rock and roll at all. Became a Christian and now joy. And it was really cool, right? And then this one girl, uh, one of her youth leaders, brought her to me. And the youth leader said, ah, her story's pretty full on. So we wanted you to have a chat with her before she's allowed to kind of talk to everyone. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty laid back. I was like, yeah, awesome, let's go. So we just went and sat on a uh, um, little bench thing to have a chat. And so her story, and this is a true story, right? Her story was, she was an older teenager. Her story was that she'd been a witch for a whole bunch of years and a very, very full-on, very, very committed witch. <laughs> and so she wanted to share her testimony because it was very dark. So she, so looking through our thing, her pre-Jesus was dark and fear and hatred and anger and it was really, really horrible stuff and a lot of freaky, freaky stuff that she'd done. We talked to her about two hours. Um, with me trying to go, okay, you've only got like kind of five minutes or so. Um, and then she talked to you clearly about how to um, become a Christian and what she did, which involved, oh, it's amazing. It was such a miracle. It was the weirdest God little miracle ever how she got saved because she was very deep in this. But it meant that her, the, the change in her life was just unbelievable. And for her to be able to talk to these youth about this was so incredible. But so the reason we're telling this story, a couple of reasons. One, at the same time, they're listening to some of the kids that grew up in a Christian home and didn't do any evil stuff. Their story was just as powerful and just as awesome because it's about their relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense, eh? It wasn't kind of like, oh, they shared and it was so boring. And then she told the witch story and everyone's like, oh, my. It wasn't like that at all. It was just really cool. It was this cool change. The second thing that, to, to say about it that freaked me out is right at the end, this is kind of a side note, but whatever. Right at the end of her sharing her story, I want to stand back up here so I can kind of eyeball you all. And this still freaks me out to this day. Right at the end of her sharing her story, she goes, she got very emotional, really, really emotional. And she said, I just don't understand why your youth are playing around with God. I'm getting all goosebumply. <laughs> she said, when I was a witch, man, we, they did a lot of evil stuff. She said, I was in chat groups, I was studying Satan and all sorts of stuff all the time. It was just a full-on thing. I was so committed. And I thought when I became a Christian and came to church, that would be you guys with God. I thought you'd be reading the Bible and studying and praying, going hard. And she said, but you guys are just like, eh. Hey, I go to church if it fits in with my life. Read my Bible once in a blue. And she was just like in tears going, what are you doing? She said, if you understood how hard out 
the other side is praying against churches, praying against pastors, praying against marriages, praying against whatever. She said, you got and she was like, it was real like, Nuh. and in the end I jumped up and had to kind of stop her because she was about to like, and just cry. It was so full on. But it's really stuck with me that day. Eh? It's really stuck with me. I think a lot of us, but especially a lot of our youth, Christianity's eh, because they just don't take it seriously, where she was just so... Oh. Anyway, so how are you different now that you know Jesus? So um, pretty, pretty clear, right? So before, how do you actually get saved? And then how are you different now that you know Jesus? And then the last one's kind of obvious. Um, a brief summary and finish, right? A brief summary and finish. So like I said, you want to try and keep it to a, a tight time, three or five minutes, right? So we're going to talk about practicing it in a minute. But you want to keep it kind of tight because, again, otherwise, because it's your story, you can just kind of keep going and going, and then the person's like, oh, this is getting boring. I was with you, but now you've kind of lost me and stuff. Um, so keep it kind of tight. And one of the cool ways to finish it is with a verse um, that summarizes everything or like a little something. Man, so the thing I've been telling you, I did this just the other day with one of my friends who doesn't know Jesus yet, and at the end I'm like, right, summary statement, whoa, and it's just, man, so bro, one of the things I've been talking about eh, is blah, 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 and then an opportunity to respond. So what do you think? What does this make you think about, right? So that you want to finish and have this little summary thing, right? Okay, a couple of other little little points here. Um, the first one is it's your story, but you need to be ready, right? You need to be ready, and not to be rude to you all, but to be kind of rude. I think as Christians, we think, nah, I'm all good to go. You give me the chance, God, and I'm like, boom, I'm there, because it's my story. I know it. I'm ready any time. But then for a lot of us, when that opportunity arises, we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm not ready. What exactly do I say? I'm freaking out. Ah. Whereas if we'd prepared, right, beforehand, if we'd written it out and practiced it, not to the point of practicing it, so when they ask you, you're like, oh, my gosh, here I go again. Well, God came in, you know what I mean, right? But you've still got the passion. But you've prepared it, and you can say it with confidence because you know what you're going to say. I've got my little points. You know, I'm all kind of ready to go. Um, so it's your story. You've got to be ready to go. So another silly story. Um, this kind of ticked me off, right? So Jason and I live in Hamilton Hammond East now, and um, just after we moved in, it was all like, right, we've got to get to know the neighbors and tell them about Jesus and all this kind of cool stuff. And then lockdowns and COVID, and ugh, it's all got ridiculous, but we're slowly getting to know some of the neighbors, which is cool. Um, but not long after we moved in, there's a, a very old lady that lives um, next door to us. And so I boosted over just to say, G'day, and how you doing? And, you know, praying, can I share my story? <laughs> so I went over and super, like the loveliest lady in New Zealand, apart maybe from Janice, she's probably the second loveliest. Um, and maybe Miriam, but everyone else. And so she goes, we were chatting away, and then she asked the classic pastor question, which is the opening. So what do you do for a job? And I'm just like, woohoo, thank you, Jesus. And so I launch into my little, you know, what I do for a job and start telling a bit of my story, you know, my little thing I've done. And at the end of it, I'm like, so what do you think? And I'm hoping in a messed up way that she'll be like, wow, that's interesting and want to know more. And then over the next couple of years, Joseph and I can just get share with her and mow her lawns and, you know, do all this stuff. And instead she goes, oh, that's so lovely. I'm a Christian too. And I was like, oh, stink. And then she goes... And then she goes, oh, and I go to um, some crazy church. Um, no, it's an awesome. She goes, I go to this church, and my daughter-in-law's a pastor. And I was just like, ah, oh, this stinks. That's like, I cross her off my list of people to pray for. <laughs> but, anyway, but my point was I was ready, right? So it was such a perfect opportunity. And if I hadn't, if I thought, no, no, I can do that off the cuff, and she'd ask, I could have been like, oh, uh, do you know what I mean? So we often think we're ready, but we want to prepare, right? Hey, so a classic verse. I know you guys know this verse, but... I just think it's pretty, um, I don't know, it's a real kind of key one. So jump over to First Peter 3, eh, if you've got a device or 
a Bible or something. So 1 Peter 3, 15 uh, to 16. Um, We're kind of starting in the middle of a thought, but you'll, you'll kind of get where we're going. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone, and this is the key bit, right? If someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way, which to me is kind of obvious, right? Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. It's so cool, but it's that middle bit, eh? Um, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So I, I chucked it on the screen. Um, I looked up the, um, that kind of key word there, um, where is it always be ready to explain it, ready. And it, in other translations, it'll say be prepared, right? So if you want to be prepared, that means you've got to do preparation beforehand. Does it make sense, eh? So what I'm saying, and I, th- I think I'm in line with what Peter's saying here, is we want to be ready to share that hope, but we're going to have to practice it. We're going to have to prepare, because if we just try and do it off the cuff, it's not going to be as concise and clear and, and, and so on as if we've kind of prepared it, right? So, cool. And here's the last point. Um, keep on praying. It's a journey, right? Um, keep on praying. It's a journey. And this frustrates me like crazy. So if I was God, which we should all be very grateful that I'm not, because there'd be a lot more zapping going on. That's what I'm saying. If I was God, someone would share their faith and instantly the person's saved. Not this whole 20 years of praying and all that craziness, right? I'm kind of joking, but because it's, <laughs> this is a move of God and it's up to him when that person will get saved, right? <laughs> and sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes you share your faith and the person is literally like, oh my gosh. And, and I think salvation is a journey. I think someone getting saved is a journey of weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years, right? But often that initial like, yeah, man, this is incredible. I've never heard this. How do I pray? What do I do? You know, and you're like, whoa. But a lot of us would, would testify it's often years and years of praying and praying. Like one of my friends who I'm praying for, I've been praying for them over 20 years now, and they're still miles away from Jesus. But do I give up? No, because it's God's timing. So I keep praying, right? I keep praying, God, you're going to do it. So just a funny story. I, this is such a silly story. So my dad used to travel and preach and all that good stuff, right? And um, he was going to preach in Australia at a, they were having like a, um, a church over there was having a special week of like outreach, special events and all this kind of stuff. And dad was the guy they were bringing in to tell everyone about Jesus and hopefully everyone would get saved and you know, all that kind of classic stuff. And so a um, couple of weeks before he was to fly over to Australia, uh, he got a ring from the pastor at the church. And the, <laughs> this is kind of funny. The pastor at the church goes, hey, we are freaking out. We don't know what we're meant to do because people are getting saved already. And Dad was like, what? Explain. And he said, well, you know, we've got you coming in for that special week and we're all praying and inviting people and sharing our faith and blah, 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 blah. And everyone's starting to get saved now, but that's not meant to happen. They're not meant to get saved until the week. And Dad, when Dad was telling me, he said he was literally like, is this a joke? What's going on? He said to the guy, but you're excited. And the guy was like, what? And Dad said, this is so exciting. Isn't this fantastic? And the guy was like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's only to happen in the week. Dad was like, he said, what do we do? And Dad's like, oh, my gosh, celebrate and be excited and get going. It's like, so God's timing is just bizarre, right? Just bizarre. Um, I, I'm just going to read a couple of verses. This is kind of a little bit random, but just to illustrate this point, because I just don't want us to, to give up, because it can be really d- discouraging when you share your faith with someone a few times and nothing happens. You can kind of feel like, ugh. Well, I give up. I'll go and target someone else. And again, it's God's timing, not your timing, right? Um, so look at these verses, Acts 24 and then Acts 5. Um, I'll just read these. I'm with Sarah. Like, Acts is, like, easily one of my favorite books. Eh? It's just, like, there's a lot of funny stories. 
I'm going to read a funny story in a minute, but Acts 24. Where are we going? 7, uh, 25. So um, this is talking about Paul going to prison. So Paul goes to prison at least three times that we know of. He's arrested a whole bunch of times. Um, but there's just a little bit in here. So he's uh, meeting with a guy, Felix, who's a governor, right? So, and he's already kind of in jail. So um, verse 25, as he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment, Felix became frightened. So he's the governor. Go away for now, he replied. When it's more convenient, I'll call for you again. He also hoped, this is so funny, that Paul would bribe him. What? So he sent for him quite often and talked with him. And this is the key verse, 27. After two years went by in this way, Felix was succeeded by this crazy guy and blah, blah, blah. So here's my thing. Oh my gosh, what is God doing? This is Paul, right? Paul is easily the greatest evangelist, the greatest theologian, the greatest missionary the planet has ever known, apart from Jesus. What's God doing leaving him in jail for two years? Like, if I was God, I'd be like, whoa, let's get him out instantly, right? But God's like, no, 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 no. I've got plans. There's reasons for this. Does that make sense? Okay. So now jump to um, Acts 5, right? Um, And you see a completely different thing that I'm like, why didn't God do this for Paul? Paul's amazing. So this is actually a real funny story. So I'm going to read a little bit more than I really need to just because the story's kind of hilarious. Um, So the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told, and they immediately began teaching. Awesome, right? And it's kind of like, ah, yeah, it's all good. But now it just, to me, gets so funny. And I, I'm very visual, so I'll explain how I visualize this. And I'll change my voice. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council. So the high council means robes and like flashness and we're important and we're amazing the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. And you can imagine they're like, it's all high and mighty. We're going to judge these guys. They're so terrible. We're so spiritual. They're idiots. I just love this, right? And then it gets hilarious. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council who were all sitting there all high and mighty and reported. And I'm like, the poor guy that has to say this, it'll just be like, oh my gosh, worst job ever. He's like, ah, this is real funny. The jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside, so they're guarding nothing, right? So somehow the angel got them out without even the guards knowing. It's so funny. With the guards standing outside, but when we opened the gates, no one was there. (laughs) When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. And then someone arrived with the startling news, um, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. Oh, I just love it, eh? Such a, like Sarah said, Acts is such a cool book. Uh, my whole point here, right? And, and the same thing happens in Acts 12, where Peter gets led out of jail um, by an angel, right? What's God doing? Why does he leave Paul in prison for at least two years this time? And, and other imprisonments are just as long. But Peter never spends a night in prison. Peter's in there, and God's sending angels to let him out. Why doesn't God do that with Paul, right? And the sim- my simple answer is because he's God. He can do whatever he wants, right? So the whole reason for reading these is to encourage you, man, it's not our time frame. Like I said, if, if I was God, we'd share our faith and everyone would get saved, but that's not the way God works, right? So why leave Paul? I don't know, man. God was doing something. Why for heaps of us have we been praying and sharing our faith with someone for years and years and years and 
nothing. And the answer's like, I don't know. It's just God's timing. We've just got to be faithful in sharing, right? Faithful in sharing. Faithful in sharing. All right, Etu, let's all stand up and let me pray. We'll carry on. Eh? Worship team, do you want to come on up too? Okay, so like I said before, I'd really encourage you to take some time and write out um, your little story so that you are prepared, like Peter said in that first Peter one. Um, I think we get a lot more opportunities to share our faith when we're prepared because God knows he can trust us with it than when we're not, if that makes sense. So, yeah, and like I said, I'll get Sarah to flick out these on social media and in the news there and stuff, just those little points so you can kind of craft it a little bit, eh? But let's, um, let's pray, yeah. Your mighty God, thanks for, um, oh, I don't know, thanks for that crazy story in Acts, to be honest. <laughs> so, you're, I think I underestimate your power a lot. I mean, how, this is so funny, the angel gets them out and the guards are still proudly guarding and there's no one even there. Oh, there's just nothing that you um, can't do. There's nothing that limits your power. It's awesome, God. I pray that, that stories like that and times in our lives where you have been done powerful things would remind us and give us confidence and boldness uh, like in the verses that Sarah read to, to share our faith to, to give a reason for the hope that's within us eh? um, yeah, we don't want to be in a situation where we're chatting with like a hairdresser or a, a delivery guy or whatever and then suddenly think oh my gosh I'm actually not prepared uh, we don't want to be that person we want to be someone who's taken the time and, and been prepared before you to have our little story down so when we get that opportunity we can just share it God with with prayer and with massive excitement realising oh my gosh this is heaven and hell this is life and death this is eternity right now as I share with this person that I care about hey yeah just give us wisdom as we do that too I know you speak to us so give us really good ears to hear you when we sit down to write this out and, and kind of craft this out a little bit and then maybe practice it a few times so that when we get that opportunity, we're, we're ready. <laughs> we're excited and ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I pray all this in Jesus' name.